Clearly mark the radio dial setting at GameZillaMedia.com. Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the Conrad frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this. The last line of defense in major gaming news. GameZilla Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly. This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force. This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together step by step. GameZilla Alpha. Welcome to GameZilla Alpha. That's right, bitches. I'm back. You thought that I was gone forever. You thought that they kidnapped me or killed me off or whatever they were going to do to me. No, I say nay, nay. So here's what I did. I figured out, I don't blame you for any of this, Deadite. I know it was all Grimlock, okay? Yes. So since I figured that out, what I did is I got with Steven. We came up with a plan, and he is now hogtied in the trunk of Steven's minivan right now. That's that minivan is filthy. I you know, I I, I want to feel bad for Grim, but I don't because he's Grim. He beats us. <laughs> he's the tyrant that that abuses Jazzy and I, and now we're finally able to give the fans of Gamezilla Alpha what they've always wanted, and that's Jazzy and Dead I unleashed out from underneath the thumb of Grimlock. The first actually I think it's the first episode ever of GameZilla that hasn't had Grimlock on it. I might be right. I just want everybody to take a moment of silence to just to just soak it in. Like a Grimlock free show like this 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 episode's going to break records. Oh yeah, this this is actually the moment that GameZilla Media is going to go to the next level. Yeah, we're going to take off. And then uh, I we, we're getting sidetracked here. Anyways, welcome <laughs> if to he, GameZilla. If he didn't Alpha. own the company, we could run away without him. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to GameZilla Alpha, episode fifty-four. Fifty-four of these episodes already. It only took us uh, what two hundred plus GameZilla episodes, fifty-four Alpha episodes to finally get one without Grimlock. But we're here. We've made it. <sighs> we have a doozy for you today too. Who <laughs> do we ever? We do. Let me tell you why. Um, we have Mike from Breakfall Games. He's the co-founder. He is a designer. He's a writer. He is an audio guy. But, but above all of that, he is going to be your best friend. Let me tell you why. Breakfall Games, if you didn't know already, has created a, a little game that you might remember called Star Wars. Yes, where the horns at? They don't work. Remember? <laughs> they don't work. There we go. They're the <laughs> horns. Yeah, the board only works sometimes. Yes, we know. I love the game Star Wars. And originally, before Grim even asked me uh, to to cover for him here and hang out with you and do the interview, I was like, Oh yeah, sure, okay, break. Follow me. Look it up. And like, I'm on the website, and I was like. This is why you want me to do the interview. You've given me the <laughs> gift of talking to one of the creators of Star Wars, a game that 
I absolutely love. And we get into that in the interview. Um, and it's, it was actually super cool. Um, you'll get to learn a little bit about some of the some of the design uh, elements and how a game as ridiculous as Star Wars gets created. So uh, that's just a little teaser, some of the fun to come. Yeah, absolutely. So we get to sit down uh, with Mike Keogh. Um, we get to talk a little bit about Breakfall Games, and uh, we get to talk a lot about um, what is their two biggest games, which was Star Wall, and then um, currently just released uh, Pizza Titan Ultra, where you're a giant mech robot who goes around the city smashing shit up to deliver pizzas. Like, what could be better than that? Absolutely nothing. Not even space narwhals that fight each other. (laughs) Not even. That's tough for me to say. It it is very tough for you to say. This episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you want early access to this show, along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com slash gamezillamedia and start your patronage today. And as a friendly reminder, maybe we have some first-time listeners here to GameZilla Alpha because you're a fan of Breakfall and you're like, yeah, I got to listen to this interview. Well, this isn't the only show offered by GameZilla Media. We, of course, have the GameZilla podcast live on Twitch Monday nights at 7 o'clock and available Tuesday morning on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, of course, our website, GameZillaMedia.com. Also, listen to Noobs and Dragons, The Legend of Retro, ton of great podcasts, so get on over to gamesandlemedia.com and give that a listen as well. All right. Without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into our interview with Mike Kehoe of Breakfall Games. We have Mike Kehoe from Breakfall Games with us today. We're going to do a special interview with him. Hey, Mike, how is it going today? It's going very well. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Uh, we, we met you at uh, way back a couple years ago in PAX South and then yes. uh, PAX East and then again in PAX East. And uh, we're pretty much best friends at this point because we've uh, <laughs> met you at conventions so many times and uh, got to play uh, all of the stuff that you have coming out. But um, how was the, the last PAX for you? Oh, we love PAX. Uh, yeah, we go, to, we go to all the PAX as we can. Um, was it was great. Uh, the reception to Pizza Titan Ultra was was really really fantastic. So, uh, I mean, PAX is always a lot of fun, um, but it's really nice when you go and you've worked hard on a game and people seem to have a lot of fun and say lots of nice things to you about it. Awesome. Did you uh, happen to avoid the PAX virus that everybody's happened to be getting this year? So I actually wasn't at PAX East this year. We sent Jason and Jan, uh, so I did not get sick from PAX. Uh, they, they came back in okay shape actually. Yeah. <laughs> after, after PAX South, I was, I was a mess. <laughs> that was, that was a bad one for me. Yeah. But, it's, uh, it sure yeah. does drain you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great and you're there and there's this amazing energy and you're meeting lots of fun people, but then you tend to just collapse in a heap for a few days afterwards. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, let's get started. We have, uh, Mike Kehoe. He is the uh, co-founder and, uh, does design writing and uh, a lot of audio for Breakfall Games from uh, Ottawa, Canada. Um, Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about Breakfall and give us kind of the origin story. Like, when when did you start? Where did you start? Who did you start with? Yeah, so um, Breakfall is is a... A little team. We started originally making just as a as a hobby project uh, this game Marvin's Mittens, and that's still up there on Steam. And it's a delightful little, very sort of storybook platformer. It's a very gentle platformer. No no dying or enemies or anything. Um, it's just this nice experience. And we were just doing that because uh, Jason, our 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 one full time programmer now, um, ha- basically woke up one day and was like, "I'm tired of web development," and I had a job 
doing, I was the in-house composer and did all the audio for uh, the now defunct Artec Studios. And so we were in Ottawa and I was working, uh, we, we, everyone who was involved had day jobs, but we just started doing this on evenings and weekends. And we spent quite a few years working on Marvin, but we did ship a game and it was not a, a blockbuster commercial success. But then a funny thing happened, which is we did a, a 48 hour game jam where you try and make a whole game in 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And we came out of that with neon narwhals fighting in space. And that was Starwall. And we threw that online for free. We weren't even trying to sell that one. And it exploded on us. So we suddenly had this game that a lot of people were really, really keen on. So that's what you would have seen at PAX East a couple of years ago, probably. Yep. Um, You've also so, seen it in my living room because <laughs> I yes. love yeah. Star Wars. We will, we will you, get Thank you. We will get on the... Um, Whatever you want to call Star Wars is. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Star Wars was just this crazy, crazy adventure. Um, and we put that eventually on uh, all sorts of places. That's out for, you know, Steam on PC, Mac, Linux, uh, Wii U. We did a special version that had a mode just for the tablet. It was on PS3 and PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, so with that and, and a bit of success there, we had enough money that we applied for some very generous provincial grants you can get. So the, the province of Ontario basically subsidized us to make our next game, and we tried to kind of level up and do something really ambitious. And I, I had a few industry jobs. I wasn't full-time at Breakfall until the, this project. And we originally pitched something very, very different from Pizza Titan Ultra. Um, I mean, it has a lot of the same character controllers. There's there's a lot of common commonalities, a lot of common themes and things, but it was it was about satellite repair in space. It was not about giant robot pizza delivery. <laughs> um, but mid-development, it wasn't, it just wasn't coming together in the way we wanted. And we said, look, we did way better with just, just being as crazy and ridiculous as we can. So we sort of pivoted into this new idea. Um, we used sort of the, this grant money to hire on like a whole huge team of extra sort of part-time artists. So we had all these people helping us, um, some extra programming help, and we, we made this you know, for us, very big kind of action platformer, brawler, runner, whatever genre Pizza Titan Ultra even is. We're not quite sure. Our arcade action game, we call it. And uh, yeah, so it took a couple of years, but we we got this thing built. And uh, I'm, I'm quite, quite proud of what what insane thing we have made. So that's kind of Breakfall to date. I got it. When did Breakfall start, would you say? Oh man, uh, like 2007 or it, like just, just when we first started very informally chipping away at, you know, like let's, we should make a game and try to figure out what that would be. And, and doing Marvin's Mittens was, was, yeah, like somewhere quite, quite a few years back. And then we, we incorporated, uh, I don't know, it was four or five years ago. Hey, terrible, terrible with all these dates, but yeah, it's, we've been, we've been, some of us have been together doing this for, for quite a while now. And we've done a lot of other little game jams along the way and, uh, you know, good good friends. We've sort of moved around and worked at different companies together, even um, as, as day jobs. But now it's it's a core team of uh, of four people who are working. We actually have a a space in Ottawa. There's this cool Capital Games Hub where a, a larger studio, Snowed In, has some extra rooms, and so we have a, a an office. We feel like like grown ups. It's like a real business. We're not at a dining table anymore. Because <laughs> when I switched over to full time, it was still. Uh, literally we were using a room in Jason's dad's house, um, just, just around a dining room table. And that's, that's how we were making this game. And then we, uh, we did sort of try to, try to look professional and, uh, you know, haul ourselves into, into a real 
office space and and that's really cool because we're around all these other developers so we, we get people to test our game and ask questions and that's a lot of fun we're in there with steel creek games who made the the originally vr game keep talking and nobody explodes mm-hmm. um if you've ever seen that and uh they're a pretty hilarious crew to have down the hall we we interact with them a lot and and have uh have this sort of rivalry going on a bit there but <laughs> That's uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a great space to work in. So yeah, that's awesome. I always like to to ask that question because I feel like when we get asked that question here at Gamesville Media, it's like, hey, when did you guys start? And we're mm. kind of the same story as you guys, where it's like we started uh, recording on a, a beat up laptop with a snowball mic while we were cleaning huh. office buildings. Yeah, so we yeah. really don't have an exact time or date that we really started everything. But now uh, we we can feel the same way with. Uh, the studio setup and everything that we have now, it feels like uh, like we're adults and we're not just working out of a an office building's uh, conference room, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I still do recording sometimes in weird places. Like, we don't have a proper booth. I, I'm in my sort of home studio right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I recorded in. I recorded a bunch of dialogue for Pizza Titan Ultra even in my car. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get a special reverb when you're in the yeah, car. Right. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. You, get, yeah. you get the truckers honking at you as they go by, and you know, <laughs> you got you to park somewhere quiet, guys. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. In Ottawa, Canada, you said you have uh, this kind of like business, like office building with a, a group of indie developers with you now. Um. Is the indie mm. scene big in Ottawa? Um, it's, it's not, uh, it's not the, like the, the biggest city. I mean, certainly in Canada, you think, uh, close to us, Montreal and Toronto are kind of, kind of bigger game hubs and Vancouver is, is really a, a hot spot for a lot of bigger companies. And when you have that, that does in turn kind of produce a lot more indies. Uh, but there's, a there's a few sort of schools offering game development programs here and Ottawa's a weird spot because there's a lot of tech people and there's actually a few animation studios that work on some pretty significant things. So, like, there's no shortage of artists and programmers around. Um, it's sort of touch and go for local industry. Like, some companies kind of start up and it looks looks good for a while. It looks like it's going to reach critical mass. Um, but I will say there are, there are quite a few indie developers. And I, I want to give a shout out to this group called Dirty Rectangles. And the Dirty Rectangles is a monthly meetup where they have um, just sort of show and tell. Indie devs go out. Uh, show their games off. Part of the experience is almost getting heckled by by people with a lot of beer in them. Like it's just this <laughs> very very fun sort of casual, informal, free for all game development. Very supportive, fun community. Um, and I, I really find that's growing. There's a ton of just really cool indie developers. Uh, you know, either s- sort of small startup studios or recent grads. People just doing it as a hobby who just really want to make a game. Um, it's it's all sorts of you know sort of different levels of uh, you know of intensity and and people trying to do it as a job or not. But it, it does produce this kind of cool like it's a it's a, it's a it's a really neat community. It's very supportive and it's I do find it's really grown and more people are you know coming out of their basements and trying to interact with other developers, which is the the really cool thing. Uh, that's happened more in in recent years, and so you do get a couple of cool games, uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine, and Keep Talking Nobody Explodes, and there's just neat neat things are starting to come out of that scene. Yeah, that's awesome. I was like to ask that as well because here we're from Metro Detroit, and mm-hmm. although we have a lot of uh, indie developers that we've talked to in our area, it doesn't seem like we have that like that knit community, you know, that where it's like the indie scene kind of gets together and helps each other out and stuff like that. So that's something that we yeah. are, we're definitely trying to grow. And, you know, gaming is supposed to be fun and interactive with a group of people. So it's like, why yep. aren't the people making them th- that, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, and it, it is. It, it's it's really it's cool. It's it's a much more recent thing to have it because there's been sort of uh, the International Game Developers Association sort of the, that our chapter here kind of starts up and then just sort of peters out a bit, like on and off over over years. Um, so now there's this Ottawa Game Dev Collective fulfilling that more kind of slightly more professional association side of it. Um, but it, it's really sort of dirty rectangles and other just cool little meetups and and you know we have a. The Capital Gaming Expo now uh, started in Ottawa. I think it's now sort of rebranded as Canadian Gaming Expo and goes to some other cities too. Uh, there's a, a few different game jams that happen, so that's another place where the community really comes together, and, and we love those. I mean, that's that's where our success came from. Really, was was this game jam we did, and it was part of Global Game Jam. So you have the whole whole world, just all sorts of people locking themselves in various, often university computer labs or other businesses that give a room away for a weekend. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's great to have that. Um, community is really neat yeah it, it feels like maybe maybe you guys have it going on right up north because we we chatted with uh, one of the guys from spearhead games last week he was saying okay. the same thing going on for them in in quebec uh, right. I, mean, yeah. I mean yeah in uh in, i think they're yeah montreal, montreal. yeah and, yep. he, and he was saying that yeah there's a, a really good community around a bunch of developers and they you know support each other so it's super cool to you know hear that uh, is being cultivated among the indie scene in more than just one city yeah, Montreal has been has been much bigger. Has had, Montreal's had this going on. I mean, it's sort of a it's more of like an artsy city. Like there's Montreal. I, don't know, I love Ottawa. I'm from Ottawa. I, I you know as much as I can. I'll, I will probably stay here my whole life. Um, but Montreal is a very very cool place with a lot of just interesting stuff happening. And it also has. Um, like Ubisoft and EA and Warner Brothers. Like it's got a lot of the bigger companies, which that tends to have an anchoring effect where you have the bigger companies and, and people know, well, if my little indie studio doesn't pan out, I have somewhere maybe to go back to and work after. So it tends to retain people a lot better, whereas that's something that Ottawa is is missing since some of the more medium-sized companies have closed. But Snowed In is doing really, really great. Um, they're this. Not a lot of people know about Snowed In. They made this game Windforge, which is like a, almost like a Terraria, but with these awesome skyships. Uh, and so they're, they're they're cooking up some other interesting things there. But they also do a lot of service work. So they work on much, much bigger games. Games you would have heard of. I'm not sure which ones I'm even allowed to say because they have all these aggressive NDAs. But um, <laughs> yeah, they've they've done like amazing. They're they're just like really wicked programmers. So I, I knew a lot of those guys from other studios in Ottawa I worked at because they just came in. They they were just like lend out sort of programmers, hired guns would just show up and fix a bunch of bugs, do some features, and then then back home, back to base. Um, but so that studio is doing pretty well, and they're sort of slowly growing, um, and they're really trying to facilitate uh, the, the development of this community in, in our city. So That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, now that we realize that we got to move up north. Um, <laughs> it's not that far. It's not that yeah, far. It's not that far I mean, I will say the provincial grant that we got, like, if you can start to get on those, that's a it's a very generous program. It's it's a, it's a grant, not a loan, and they'll, you know, up to half your budget. Like, they're, they're really good programs. And I know other people uh, in, in other provinces in Canada and, and in the States look at this stuff and are just like, oh, my God, that, like, you guys are so lucky to have these these crazy programs to help you, you know, hire, staff up and, and produce produce bigger games so that's awesome it's only an eight hour drive to get to ottawa let's go yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 so we're gonna start right yeah. now <laughs> um all right well let's get into the meat and potatoes what everybody wants to you know listen to and that is the games that you have here at breakfall games um we're gonna start off with 
And, you know, pardon me for saying it this way, but, like, what the hell is Star Wars? I, like, I don't know if, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, after I play this game, whether I, like, enjoyed it or hated it or did well or bad. Like, I don't even really know what happened. I feel like it was kind of like I plugged mm-hmm. this game in and I played it for 20 minutes and then I came out of, like, a, a, tr- a bad trip or something. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, my one of my favorite communications about all of Starwall was when oh I can't remember the name of it. It was like it was it, one of the subreddits, uh, like Trippy. It was like uh, basically a Trippy Stoner subreddit uh, wanted copies of the game to give away. They're like, we think you'd be a good fit. It's just like my favorite <laughs> message I ever received about Starwall, like uh, like psychedelic, you know, r r slash psychedelic or something. Anyways, um, yeah, Starwall. So it was uh, again that was a game jam game. So. Uh, we did the Friday night brainstorming. We wanted to make something kind of quappy. Uh, it was Andrew Jobin was like, we, do, we should do something just weird and physics-y. And I don't know if you've ever seen Quop, but it's it's the sort of weird, it's a very hard-to-walk simulator. Um, and that was a sort of an inspiration. Like, let's do something sort of very very flaccid and, and just ridiculous and, and awkward. Uh, because it was a game jam, it was it's easier to make a multiplayer game if you've if you've done like it's hard to do any amount of content or tuning. So when it's like both players have the same actions available to them, the gameplay tends to sort itself out a bit better uh, in a in a small scope project. Uh, and so we started making it, and the theme was actually a heartbeat. So we had we added the hearts, and we decided you wanted to you know poke the hearts with the tusks. But that that was even were they were they I think I knew they were narwhals when I I, I actually. Not everyone does go home to sleep, but I was like, I need some sleep. So Saturday night I went home and I remember I, I got a text at like three in the morning, sort of woke me up and I reach over and I look and, you know, I think that was when they said, there are narwhals now and it's in space. And I just sort of went, <laughs> uh-huh, and, and thought about it for a sec and, you know, smiled and went back to sleep peacefully, got, got up, raced in in the morning and, you know, like, yeah, okay, I, I like what we've done here. And it's it got this 80s aesthetic and... uh it, yeah, it's just it's it's it is a weird thing. You're not wrong. Um, you know, just just a mashup of we, we a lot of our like people keep asking how we arrive at these ideas, and I'm not even always sure how we arrive at these ideas. But a lot of the process is just saying yes a lot. Like whatever makes us laugh, that's that's what we pursue. Um, it's it's hard to compete with. You know, we're we're not going to be able to make like a big serious AAA game, but if it's something that that is memorable to us and and makes us laugh, then we hope that that can find an, an audience somewhere. One thing about Star Wars that I think is maybe essential to what makes it fun is that that first moment you're playing the you know multiplayer, you're playing the co-op against someone else, and the the first time you stab them in the heart and you score a point, you're like, yeah. it just is instantly satisfying to like score that point. And that's yeah. what that's what's addictive about the game is you and your friend or friends trying to stab each other to death as <laughs> Norwals that are all dressed up fun. It, it you know yeah 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 I I think we did a, we made a couple of decisions that you know uh, through through foresight or, or chance um, the slow mo really helps because it really makes it easy to read mm-hmm. and talking about the Montreal community we brought it to a bar once in Montreal where they're having uh, I don't remember which ludological society it was one one of their gaming kind of groups. And people are just like, okay, yeah, there's a weird indie game on the screen. But the first time it slowed down, they had the, the music and everything on quite loud. And the first time it kind of like slowed down and made the sort of whooshy noise and, and they're, they're going at each other slow-mo. People literally were like putting their beers down and just like watching and just like all eyes on the screen. And then people cheered on the first, you know, like heart stab. Uh, people get really, really into it even as like a spectator sport. And I love that about it. Um, so there was that that kind of slow mo sequence really sells it. The other thing is the the odd clunky controls 
are great because maybe in your group of friends, you already know who's the best at Street Fighter. You know, like, you know who has really good reflexes. But there's just this moment of, of equalization where what the heck is this game? It's so awkward to play kind of deliberately at first. But then it also has this amazing kind of 10 minute learning curve where you go from you know, flopping around on the ground, like just, just as the, like a like wet lump and then kind of slowly figuring out how to accelerate and maybe how to do little leaps and then get off the ground. And then once you get kind of better at it, you, you literally can fly around and with, with a fair amount of precision, you know, you can start to really master those controls. So it's got this neat kind of like totally useless to like flying kind of, kind of curve of mastery when you first pick it up. And, and I think there's something there that is just enjoyable, like just this this whole new style of play and this these weird controls and everything, and just just mastering that quickly uh, has something that's 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 really appealing. I I definitely agree. I think that's the reason it gets played so much at my house is one, you know, visually it's appealing. So my wife goes, "What are you playing?" And then I <laughs> hand it to yeah. her, and then within uh, within three minutes, she's completely destroyed me because she learned the controls. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there you know there is a level playing field because it's accessible yet yeah. unique. I can't take skills I have from playing uh, a first person shooter and just assume that they'll translate over to playing Star Walls. It is a unique experience. So it's a level playing field for anyone that puts a couple minutes into the game. That's right. And I think that's why it did so well uh, when we had it up as a free web game and when we bring it to conventions, it just does so well on show floors. I mean, I uh, I love the reception we got to Pizza Titan Ultra, but nothing else I've worked on has been like Starwall for just, just you know, bust it out at a party and and people start, like, it's just the, the colors and everything sort of sort of draws you, kind of hypnotizes you and then you're just like, what is going on here? And, and then you're kind of bumping and grinding up on each other, trying to, trying to tusk in the heart. It's just, it's just a weird, hilarious experience. So, yeah, and you really I, I got something know. there. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh, I'm sorry. I said you really got something there. It's it's like yeah. It's the perfect guilty pleasure game. <laughs> so I played this back yeah. at Pack South when I saw it the first time on the show floor, and then I came mm-hmm. home, you know, and, and got to play it some more. And our producer Ethan, we didn't tell him about it because we don't really tell him anything around here. And then he <laughs> comes in months later, and he's like, yeah. "Man, I downloaded this game on the PlayStation uh, Store." called star wall it's awesome and then of course we're all like man no this game you're you're crazy that game's awful you know like just trying to throw them for a loop they do it every time it doesn't matter what game (laughs) i love they will spend an entire podcast telling me that i have foolish tastes (laughs) and that i'm a trash gamer and i always stick to my guns because i know what i enjoy playing and then i always win them over once i finally i'm like come over to my house and play it with me come over to my house and play it with me and then they learn They learn I have great taste. <laughs> well, that's Excellent. why it's the guilty pleasure game, because right. the whole time, we're actually just going home and still playing the game. <laughs> 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 uh, I will have to say uh, one more thing on Starwall before we move on here is um, I work at a local retailer store, and this past holiday, I um, remembered your game because in the ornament section for the Christmas trees, yes. there was a Starwall. It was a Norwal <laughs> with like a unicorn horn on it, and I immediately yeah. took a picture of it and sent it to the CEO of our company here and said, "Oh my God, should I buy this for <laughs> for Ethan?" And he's like, "Yes." And I was like, "But it but it has the broken uh, it had a broken horn, and unfortunately, we never got another one in. So oh, he no. he never ended up receiving it. But I just thought it was great that like uh, this ornament that I don't know where it came from or who created or whatnot, but I mean somebody yeah. probably stole your idea of Star Wall because they're creating you know Christmas ornaments about it. 
That's yeah. Well, I, I I love that it's out there. I mean, I, the, some of the things people created that definitely like whether it was you know coincidence or stealing our idea. There were a bunch of other just weird narwhal things that popped up all over the place. Um, so that that just did happen. That was that was in the in the zeitgeist. Like the spirit of the day is is narwhals for some reason. But um, specifically about our game, like the craziest one was was someone got a tattoo. I'm trying to remember was it on their leg? Like like a a big like our game icon, like the logo of the, the sort of neon outline, uh, the neon the, outlines. The two, yeah. yeah. The two kind of twisted narwhals rising up kind of in the shape of a heart, like crossing their, their tusks. Someone got this on their body permanently. <laughs> oh, oh, so you're saying you got the pictures I sent you <laughs> of my body. <laughs> so qu- Thank you for doing that. Super fan. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> side note question for you. Yeah. Have you ever had to explain to someone that narwhals are real animals? Yes. Yes, absolutely. There's been a couple of people who've been like, "What? Oh, they're they're real? No, you're pulling my leg." I'm like, "No, they're, they're real animals. It's uh, it's a tusk, not a horn." You know, like we have one guy on the team, uh, Mark, who who really he, he knows his for some reason marine mammal trivia and like just busts out all these narwhal facts. But yeah, no, I've, we've had to explain that they are in fact real animals. People thought they're people think they're just made up. I, I've had to do that a few times in my life. I've had to pull up like whole like you know obviously realistic photos on Google and like articles and like look here's a narwhal in the National Geographic. It's a real animal. It's not yeah, just no, the unicorn of the sea. There's a substantial yeah exactly. I don't know if it's it's that term or like people just think it's like a, a Bigfoot like a what's the word like cryptozoological yes. like it, people think it's a, a cryptid or whatever like they just don't think they're real animals. And I mean fair enough they're weird <laughs> yeah. right like they're very odd but yeah they're they're for real. All right, so how do you go from a, a a real animal in a narwhal to creating a game that is giant robots yeah. delivering pizzas? Yeah, indeed. How do we? <laughs> I've also had to convince people those are real. So I've been out. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been out working for you. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, was it Domino's or who did have the the pizza robot test there? Like it's a it's a it's much smaller, but it was like a little rolling sort of like Mars rover kind of thing. I, I think oh yeah, it was, it was like Domino's, a, like a Wally yeah. type of pizza delivery yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. It's kind of cute. Um, so we, like I said, we were working on a game that was about uh, satellites in space. Did I say that? Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm losing my uh, losing track. Of- <laughs> what I've already said about Breakfall. But we started off and it was this other thing. And um, we really wanted to up the fun factor. And one of the things that kept coming up was, you know, there's nothing people in our current concept and this weird satellite repairman. If you've played StarCraft, you were almost an SCV, like you were this weird construction vehicle. Um, And it was just too many, too many things that were a bit too unrelatable, I think. And, uh, and so Jason kept saying like, oh, you know, we should do something like like taxi driving or newspaper delivery or, or pizza delivery, like something fun, something that people like, something that people recognize and understand. But, you know, other people, so some people kind of got on board with that idea. Other people, uh, I, I always wanted Breakfall to make something, you know, with, with jetpacks and lasers and robots and rockets, you know, just like insane giant robot fighting, like, you know, that kind of, that, that kind of cool aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we argued for a little while and somehow at this meeting just said, okay, what if we did both? Like, what, what if it was... You know, something just grounded in reality, like it's a city you will recognize as a city and you're sure you're delivering pizza, but you're doing it in a giant robot. And we all started to go, okay, okay, what's the game there? Like that, that, that premise has a certain appeal. And it was when one of our designers, Jan, first drew an interior view of an apartment with this giant fist coming through the wall to hand a pizza (laughs) over, which is something we kept right until the final game. 
um, th- at that moment, we're like, okay, that's funny. Like, that's really, really funny. Um, and so we, we kind of rallied around that. And we did have to pitch this now to a, a provincial government, right? Like, <laughs> like, imagine you have grant money and you, you pitch, you know, you tell them what your idea is. They're not just handing you money. And we're like, okay, we know we, we promised they were making this satellite thing. And uh, they really don't like when you change your mind or deliver a different game. But we gave them a whole lot of reasons. You know, we'd done some some market research. We, sh- we showed the game to people. Um, and we just thought we could make a better project if we took what we had and pivoted towards this crazy giant roll-up pizza delivery thing. So there was a couple of nail-biting months where we waited and weren't sure. And then eventually they said, yeah, okay, like you, your justification makes sense. You know, it's not something we generally want to do, but oh, okay. And and so we, we just switched into high gear on this thing and just everything we could do. But it was not um, – we knew we loved our premise right away. It actually was quite a while. It was almost the opposite of Star Wall. We came out of a 48-hour game jam knowing exactly what the game is. It's like you poke each other in the hearts with your tusk and it goes into slow motion. And like the basic physics and controls of Star Wall didn't change from that, that 48-hour game jam. We just added the costumes and more levels and more stuff to do and uh, single-player challenges. So we just added cool stuff to the a known core premise. This, we had sort of the theme but what does the game play like? And we went back and forth so many times on how much how much is it about speedy delivery? How much is it about fighting other mechs? Because we have these two things that don't don't fit together by design, you know, don't make sense. And so how do you take that and make a game that makes sense? And it was it was like a whole year of at times we felt like we were spinning our wheels and we weren't sure how to make this fun. And we'd put it in front of people and they'd be like, What is going on? Like, am I supposed to stop and fight these guys? Or is, how much do I destroy the city? Um so we kind of landed on a core set of things that felt really, really good and then just used everything else as like mission parameters. So destroy the city, don't destroy the city, fight robots, don't fight robots. And so all these things kind of became just variety on top of a core game that we eventually understood. And we, we did have a robot in, like I, I do think we had these robot controls that felt really good. Like we had, we tried this design mantra of weighty but agile. So we kind of knew how to, how to make this thing feel like it was heavy, kind of sluggish, but still responsive enough that it was fun to control. So we, Jason's a really good gameplay programmer. We all have like a very strong opinions about gameplay feel. So I think we did kind of nail that. But uh, yeah, it took quite a while before it was sort of the the game that it is today. That's awesome. So, um, so when you did pitch this to the government, you yeah. basically said <laughs> like, "Hey, uh, you take uh, like a Simpsons Road Rage, uh, the game Rampage, and then uh, Transformers and mix them together." Yeah, throw it all in a blender. I'm trying to remember what franchises we referenced. I mean, it's amazing how consistently people have brought up Crazy Taxi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yep. you know, since since we've we've launched the game or even even shown it at shows because it has that structure, but it doesn't play a lot like Crazy Taxi directly. It's, it's not a car. There's no Green Day playing. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it, you know, it does have yeah. It's 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 a little bit of Blast Core, a little bit of Rampage, a little bit of a racing game. Um, you know, we we looked at a lot of things sort of as inspiration. We're 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 all big Nintendo fans at Breakfall, so we're looking at you know like how how Nintendo does its its 3D Mario games, just running around, how they how they make those environments fun to traverse and stuff. Um, but yeah, when we actually had to pitch it to the government, I don't know. We it was it was a lot of very formal documentation, being like, what are the elements? What's the technology and the the elements and the work you've done that you can salvage, and how does that relate to what you're now putting in front of us? Um, so we definitely, it was, it was more sort of uh, the, it was less of like a, a pitch that you would do to a publisher or to even to gamers. Like it wasn't a marketing thing. It was much more like list the differences. It was a, sort of a bureaucratic, as you might expect, like this, this exercise <laughs> and like, you know, fill out these forms and tell us exactly what you're changing and what you're keeping. Right. So, 
So it's like checking off all these boxes and doing a bunch of tables and laying out the case for doing that. All right, going along with um, the changing and keeping, I remember when I first played um, this game, the um, concept of you know delivering the pizza was, like you said, where you get to your location, you punch your giant robot fist into the building, and then you have yep. to like control the hand to like get it perfectly placed to the delivery area so that they could pay you your money for the pizza. Right. Yes. That's and, right. Yeah. Yep. And then this last time when we were at Pexy's, um, we were talking, it might have been Jason, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about how you guys kind of decided that you were going to scrap that concept. And now you have to find ingredients, build the pizza and cook the pizza instead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, I mean, it wasn't a direct replacement. It was, um, we were always looking for a way to make, we made a, a mech action game and, and, and there it was. And we had this crazy pizza theme and you can see the pizzeria is right in the chest of the mech. Um, but I, we weren't feeling moment to moment pizza at like every, every, you know, like just as you're playing the game, um, you know, you're delivering pizza, but we didn't want that to totally take a backseat and just be like, Oh yeah, the goal, the reason you're playing a fairly standard mech brawler is because of pizza. We wanted it to be like, no, you have to do something that, you know, relates to the pizza more directly. So that's where we started with this idea. For a while, it was originally uh, a camera. We called it pizza cam in the corner. At, at different points, um, you had to, you did have to still find ingredients in the – and that you do in the final game have to, like like the K-O-N-G letters in Donkey Kong, um, just find these ingredients. But it was like about making a better pizza or – when you took damage, it hurt the pizza integrity. Like we, we tried all these different things, but finally we just settled on ridiculous mini games. So the idea is pizza bot 9,000. One of your crew members makes the, the, the very important pizzas, the VIP customer pizzas. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to find and pick up walk-in customers and pizza bots very busy. So you make their pizza. So you, as the mech pilot are doing some sort of rapid pizza creation there. And that's where we have these mini games. So you have to put down the toppings in this weird sort of timed, uh, the, the hands swirling around the pizza and you have to drop toppings. Then you play another little mini game, sort of button mashing, almost quick time event thing to like bake the pizza to get the, the temperature just right. Then you have to like line up your slices and, and cut the even pieces of the pizza. So we prototyped those very fast. And once we had super, it was actually one of the few things besides the, the beautiful character portraits that are contract artist Vanny did that, that adds so much to the game um, is, is he drew the, the pizza and the, the pizza and toppings and pizzas in various stages of baking. So he, it's, it's almost like a new, another character in the game is this nice pizza that he drew. Um, so you, you actually make a pizza and that's just something you do sort of optionally, like w- within these missions, you, you time slows down um, to almost a pause and you just sort of very quickly like make this pizza and it's a nice little pace breaker and it reminds people of the theme um, so between the treasure hunt of the toppings and then this kind of pizza making minigame for the walk-in customers, we felt like this is bringing pizza back into the forefront. Uh, with respect to the the rocket fist, that was just a minigame that it just wasn't fun enough. It was something we we did a few iterations of and we said, look, we know we could make this fun, but we have so many things we want to do to the core game to make it as good as it can be. Um, we're not always diligent. I, I'm maybe the worst on the whole team of of saying no and cutting features. Uh, they had to drag me kicking and screaming into this one, actually. But eventually, I was like, "Okay, fine, fine. If I get to make another, you know, four levels, we'll, we'll cut the cut the rocket fist as a uh, as a drivable thing." But I insisted because that initial sketch was so was such a good joke, um, and it's such a good thing to show in trailers and just show everywhere um, when people see that that fist coming through the wall. I really want that sequence, even if it was nothing but visual flair, to stay in the game because it makes me laugh even now, like you know, two years later. So. <laughs> 
So it, it, it came out as a, as a steerable game. Part of it just came down to if we wanted to have that in the game, we felt we actually needed almost little like courses, like level content, different shapes of rooms and different challenges. And we knew that tuning all that to make it fun, like putting it in front of players and iterating and just, you know, that, that, that polish phase, it just wasn't going to happen for, for that and everything else we were trying to make. Awesome. Um, one one more thing on the gameplay of the game is while we were in PAX East, you were running kind of like a high score uh, challenge, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Is who could collect the most money um, mm-hmm. within the allotted time limit that you get to deliver pizzas and so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something that uh, you guys were kind of just doing for fun, or is that something that you might put into the game as like a, a game mode? Yeah, currently it was, it was just, just for fun, and we, we gave away, I, I don't know when you arrived on the scene, because we gave away all our t-shirt, t-shirts really fast for people beating those scores. Um, we just wanted to accentuate that the scores, so we don't have anything like leaderboards in. I don't know if we'll ever add that. Um, it's it's a it's a bit of extra work, and we are a small team. Um, but we wanted to just play up that that it is challenging. Like, it's, it's reaching for those high, high scores. It, you know, if nothing else, we already have... Uh, from our fan base online, people who we see like on Twitter, just just sharing, like posting, like crazy scores that they get, and and we knew it was fun because it's something Jason and I started to like to do. Past a certain point, it's just like, okay, Jay, I just I just did another pass on on the the city hall downtown level, so you see what score you can get, and and then we'd be comparing scores. So we'd actually be like taking breaks from development to to play the game, and that was a way that we still enjoyed playing the game. And when, as a developer, you still enjoy playing your game when you, you do it, you know, almost as a day job at that point, uh, that's a good sign. So it's something, that's that's why we, want, we really want the trophy system. So, it, you know, it takes a bit of work. We try to tune the trophies so that um, it takes a few passes to, to get the, the tricky gold trophies. But but even then, you have the numerical cash score that's something you can share. I, I would love to do it, like actually have proper online leaderboards. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it's something we'll, we'll do, so... Yeah, yeah, I just thought that was something that was super cool. I, I did miss the T-shirts. Yeah. Okay. So. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's good. That means there was a lot of people that kept beating the beating the the scores and enjoying the game. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to take a spin into um something that I'm assuming that you probably worked hev- heavily on, being uh, an audio guy with uh, Breakfall mm-hmm. Games, and that is the soundtrack to this game. Like. Yes. You can you can put it on the home screen and just let it play. Like that's how good it is. I just enjoy <laughs> the music you. so much. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, I I took a little detour. There was sort of a secret side project. Was I started listening to like late eighties, early nineties, like my favorite Saturday morning cartoon theme songs, and I just just spent a lot of time in in cartoon theme song land. And I I did so many iterations of that song. I'm not really a songwriter. I, I have an extensive background in game like scoring. I, I write a lot of music. But um, I haven't produced a lot of things with with vocals. And in te- originally, my intention was just to replace them with with a with a real singer. But I, I got in there and I did something I was I was proud of, and I I auto tuned to the heck out of it. And uh, yeah, I, I'm very I, I I was thrilled. And then Jason, similarly, once he heard this theme song, made up his mind at some point to quietly on weekends do that whole bouncing ball timed sequence. And when he first showed me that, I I completely lost my mind. And when we decided to put <laughs> yeah. that on the title screen, I was just like, this is going to, this is awesome. This is going to sell copies of the game. Like, it's so goofy. It's just ridiculous. But it makes people want to stay in and listen to at least a bit of the theme song. And it's actually not a bad setup almost in the way that a Saturday morning cartoon was. You know, like it, it kind of explains the characters in the world a bit. So... 
uh, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm very, very pleased that people are enjoying that theme song so much. And there's a lot of other really cool music. Uh, that's something else we might even update. There's a, a few tracks that aren't even hooked up. So before we hit console and at, at some point uh, on Steam, I want to get a couple more more tracks for variety into the levels. But uh, yes, there, there's a lot of a lot of love put into Breakfall soundtracks. I, I mean, Starwall has more music than you could ever make a business case for, and it's just because <laughs> uh, I have a supportive team who's who's letting me spend you know take take some time and, and just write lots of music, which I love to do. So, yeah, Mike, do you have a favorite uh, cartoon show theme song? Oh boy. I mean, the first thing that pops in my head right away is just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's such a such a classic, and it's been remixed in so many video games, and uh, that's that's way up there. What was I listening to? I mean, uh, uh, this one doesn't even have any any lyrics, but I don't know if you remember um, the was it called Shadow Planet? I'm trying to remember the the actual. It was by Mainframe Entertainment. They did that that show. I think it was Shadow Planet. Uh, they, they, it was the same same team that did Beasties and and the original reboot. Oh yeah. Uh, and that had a really awesome theme song, which is a, a kick-ass. Oh, Techno Man also. Uh, that that anime was was real good. So those the, the, some of the ones I like are non non lyrics. I'm I'm kind of a, a film score like soundtrack junkie, so maybe not surprising. Um, but uh, yeah, I like I like these epic, upbeat, just just cool, fun things. Um, yeah, so those those are a few. Cool. All right, and then you said um, bringing Pizza Titan Ultra to console. So we know we have Starwall on the PS3, PS4, Xbox mm-hmm. One, Wii U, and Steam. Yep. And then they can find um, your first game in Marvin's Mittens on Steam. Yes. And then Pizza Titan Ultra is currently on Steam, correct? Yep, that's right. And then where are we looking to bring it? Since you have Starwall in all these great places, are we looking to bring it to all the same major platforms that you had that one on? Yeah, so uh, I don't think there's any reason I'm not allowed to say, but we are definitely looking at um, PS4 and Xbox One were the, were the first two because we know it'll run with, without a ton of optimization. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've talked to to both platforms and we're, we're actively working on, on some of these systems. Um, Sony, there's a possibility of getting in on... on on some some promotion there, so they they seemed quite interested in kind of partnering to that. That would probably make us one of our, our first, if not our first, console launch. Uh, but there was also a push, especially at PAX East. Um, we were we were talking to Nintendo, and they were very keen. We were we 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 do have another prototype we're kind of sitting on already um, that we were pitching as a Nintendo thing. But uh, I want to get this right. Is it Kirk Scott, the the nin, the Nindy guy? Um, mm-hmm. was was very very much all about getting Pizza Titan Ultra on Switch. So there's been some concern. It's it's a bit of a a bit of a hog. Like in terms, of, you need a pretty decent PC to run at least on on better graphics settings. Um, so the Switch not being quite as powerful as other systems, uh, there there's just been a bit of concern because it's just there's so much in the city. Like the whole city is basically destructible, and then right. all these enemies, and and it escalates. So you get to a point where there's just the screen is just covered in enemies and projectiles and buildings exploding. It gets to be so crazy with so much going on, and that's my favorite part of the game. So I don't want to dial that down, um, but that that's that's sort of the issue is how can we optimize this to make sure it works on the Switch? Because we we want to well we wouldn't pass certification if it was really bad. But even beyond that, we just want the game to run smoothly. We're we're concerned about performance. We want to make sure we're giving people you know the optimal experience on any system they can play it on. So Switch is is in many ways you know the system to be on right now. A lot of indies are saying it's 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 a really good platform for sales. 
Uh, I, I have a Switch. I love my Switch. Uh, it would be awesome to get it going there. I, I am still sort of, I still do enjoy, actually enjoy playing the game. I would love to run through it, do do another speed run, you know, portable mode handheld. Um, so the idea of getting it on, on the Nintendo Switch is definitely something we are also pursuing actively and uh, and interested in. There's just, there's always this sort of caveat, you know, if it runs. But I, I'm very encouraged by some optimizations that we were able to do recently. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. But But those are the three ideally all of them it's also on steam right now it's only for pc we've had some problems uh with a mac build and that's because we have some third-party plugins we're using the unity engines which is very portable but uh things that were supposed to be supported elsewhere are flaking out on us so that's another major concern is if we start deploying it to these consoles and build trying to do a build and some of the third-party plugins we use like like the destruction is part of is part of this uh but also our our nice particle effects like we have all these awesome flame and explosion and dust clouds kicked up and things um so if those don't run that's a very serious impediment to getting the game going there so hopefully everything uh and as soon as we can but yeah right now it's available on steam um steam's a bit of a tough market right now too there's just so much coming out but uh the feedback we've been getting about the game has been just so good so I'm still hoping it'll it'll pick up a bit more on Steam in terms of sales, and and I think it could do really well on consoles when people find it there. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know there was a big push with a lot of the indie developers that we were talking to um, at PAX East about the Nintendo Switch. It's just it's a hot system right now. So yep. you know we we're hoping that we can see uh, Pizza Titan Ultra on all of those systems because. We know that uh, you know we'll, we'll pick up the switch, and it, it's the only system that we could take to work. Like if, yeah, if I yeah. could take my Xbox One X or my PS4 Pro to work with me and play it, yep. you know, I, I would do it. But you just can't yeah. really do that. So the switch is kind of like that, you know, perfect for the indie scene and the fact that you could take it to work, you know, pull it out in your lunch break and play, you know, forty-five minutes to an hour of a game, put it away, and then you know, come home and still enjoy it. So yeah, absolutely. It, it's a exactly. It's a great system for that. We we sometimes do like little Splatoon salmon run things in the lunchroom. Like yeah, it's just it's awesome for that. All right. Um, the only question that I have left for you is mm-hmm. uh, going to be one of those out there questions. Um, with the concept and the idea of Pizza Titan Ultra. Did anybody on your team ever actually work as a pizza delivery boy? Ah, I don't believe that anyone did actually work as a pizza delivery boy. Uh, that's that is a good question. I worked uh, in and around bagels for a long time. Uh, the Ottawa Bagel Shop in Delhi was somewhere I worked for all of high school, most of most of my post secondary education. So uh, never pizza directly, uh, but I, I I handed out lots of bags of bagels. So that's about <laughs> as close as I get. I've been in the food industry, not pizza delivery specifically. Yeah, I was just wondering if it was one of those design things where it's like, oh, let's just start naming off stuff, you know, and then it's like somebody's yeah. like, oh, pizza delivery boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, sort of sort of more that. I mean, we I, I'll say we're all pizza enthusiasts. We've met a fair number of pizza delivery people. We didn't really, <laughs> we didn't really interview anyone. I, I don't know how accurate this depiction is. Um, but uh, yeah, and in fact, I don't I don't even know how favorable it is because the actual delivery boy is, is Billy, who's bit of a silly character although <laughs> right. as the as the plot progresses there there is a, a surprise twist at the ending there so we'll, we'll see what what people think about that yeah it's funny that you say that because uh when anybody asks me what my favorite type of pizza is my response mm-hmm. is always i've never met a pizza i didn't like <laughs> 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 yeah i'm very close to that yeah the pizza's good stuff 
All right, Ethan, did you have anything else? Uh, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you about the game is the uh, some of the character designs, uh, you know, sort yeah. of hearkening to uh, some references to popular culture. Uh, how'd you guys come up with some of the different characters, and um, who's your favorite one? Oh, favorite characters. Um, I mean, there's a lot of characters in there that I really like, but... Uh, who is my favorite? I mean, I, I I'm part. I guess I'm partial to the crew, um, but uh, yeah, I, the, the customers were all a process of going back and forth. Um, we had a big spreadsheet. Like, what are your favorite '90s video game characters, and who are your favorite '90s char- cartoon characters? And we even circulated that to some friends. So we we had a big kind of list of all the of all that. And then I would go back and forth with the uh, the artist, and, and the whole team would sometimes look at like sort of early sketches to get them approved. So we we went through this process, and I will say uh, a lot of people have been enjoying a lot of the the crazy writing. Um, so that's that's really fun, uh, and that was almost easy to do once I had the portraits in front of me. Once v- Vanny, the the portrait artist, just did such an amazing job with so many of them, I would just get the character and be like, yes, I know exactly what pizza this person's going to order. I know, like, the whole mission, all of it was sort of laid out as soon as I saw them. So, I mean, Hip Hop Hound is early on, uh, mm-hmm. is, a, is a homage to Parappa the Rappa. I'll, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. put that out there as one of my favorite characters. There's, there's a reason he's, he's early on. Well, I like it. I, that's one of the things I'm excited to uh, dive into the game because I know Jazzy's played it a bit, but I haven't played it yet, and I'm pretty excited to do so. Yeah, and uh, we, we're seeing people who just they, they love just that moment of realizing, like, oh, my God, I'm delivering a pizza to ca- basically to Captain Planet or to a right. mashup of, of Chun-Li and Princess Leia or, you know, whatever it is. There's just all these things we like, and, and a lot of them, a lot of later ones did become mashups, and, and for, for some people the fun is just realizing what two characters we like we kind of smashed together to to get there um so yeah there, there's just tons of characters i i'm very partial to but the, the crew is less homage and just i wanted to feel like your crew in Star Fox. uh you know they, they really uh, the characters i spent i spent a lot of time with them and just trying to make them feel like even though what the world they live in is so preposterous that they actually care about what they're doing and are, and are having a good time uh so you know li- like a good saturday morning cartoon there's there's rivalries and and points of friction but also that that camaraderie they you know they're there and they're they're a pizza delivering family aboard this ridiculous giant mech <laughs> uh, and to be fair um ethan will come to us a, in a couple months and be like guys i was i was on steam you have to play this game pizza titan ultra <laughs> <laughs> it sounds about right my uh, <laughs> My uh, my memory sort of vague. I was like, yeah, it's really sweet. Remember that? Remember when I loved Star Wars? Like this is the new Star Wars. This is great. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that is has been <laughs> Mike from Breakfall Games. Um, Star Wars, Marvin's Mittens, Pizza Titan Ultra, which is their new game that is out on Steam currently. Mike, why don't you go ahead and tell us? Everywhere we can reach you, social media, where they can get the games and all of that. Just plug away. Yeah, so uh, the best way to, if you want to talk to us, uh, we're pretty active on Twitter. So at Team Breakfall, uh, please, please reach out, follow us. Lots of, lots of news. We, uh, we support a lot of streamers playing the game. Um, we do have PizzaTitanUltra.com is where you'll want to sign up and get on our newsletter if you we we're, we're not we're not we haven't even sent anything out to our, our newsletter yet about uh, any console ports we do any major updates to the game. So if you want to hear about it when it's coming out on a system, uh, pizzatitanultra.com and uh, sub subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, we are also on on Facebook, but probably more active on Twitter. So that, those those are the best places to reach us, really. 
All right. All right. Well, is there anything else that you could possibly think of that we might have missed about Breakfall games or any of the games that you have created over at Breakfall? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I did not. I just realized I did just fail to say and Pizza Titan Ultra is available on Steam. I think we've already mentioned that. But yeah, all all our games are available on Steam. Um, You know, go check them out. We we do really appreciate the support of everyone who buys a copy of our games. There's so many great games out there these days. Um, we, we, we love them all too. Um, but it, it helps us stay in business if people purchase our products. So consider doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure all of the local pizza places probably love your guys' game as well, because when people play this game, I know it makes me hungry for pizza. Making I'll just tell every, you that. Yeah. A lot of people have come out with it. It's making me hungry for pizza, yeah. <laughs> which we ordered pizza like I, so many times. So like during the development of this game from all different pizzerias, like just Tons of pizza was consumed in the making of Pizza Titan Ultra, no question. What are your preferred toppings? My preferred toppings are, uh, I really like pepperoni, green olives, hot peppers. Uh, there's, there's a few of us who really like the spice at Breakfall, so we often get something with hot peppers or jalapenos. Um, did I talk about mech customization at all? You can also build your own mech in this game. That's a big <laughs> deal to us. Sorry, we're, we're almost, we're, we're past no, that No, no, no. Check, check that out for that. Yeah. Well, just there's homage to, you know, all the, all the big franchises. I, I try not to name them too much lest we get sued, but um, there's, there's a lot of parts inspired by various big robots we like, and people are putting together really cool parts because you can do different head, torso, arms, legs, uh, thrusters on the back. There's really cool back parts. So we we have a lot of combinations of build your own mech. It always has the pizzeria in the chest, and then give it a paint job. So um, aside from getting hungry for pizza, if you want to build a mech and smash through a city uh, to deliver said pizza, then uh, yeah, give it a go. Absolutely. All right. Well, that has been our interview with Mike Keo of Breakfall Games. Thank you so much for your time, Mike. And um. It was a pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm definitely going to have to go play um, some more Pizza Titan. I actually had it queued up on my Steam account here during this interview and almost started playing it while Ethan was asking his questions. <laughs> That's how much I enjoy playing it. So yeah, uh, we just want to thank you so much That's for your great. time. And um, yeah, as always, game on. Game on. <laughs> thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>